KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Remember that big solar winds hack that affected multiple government agencies and some really important companies? It may have faded from the headlines, but it is still an ongoing, very big and concerning deal. We wanted to get an update, find out what has been learned and where we go from here. For this conversation, we caught up with Dr. Pablo Molina. He is the Chief Information Security Officer at Drexel University. A lot to take in here, but it's an important conversation. Give a listen. We have done other podcasts on this solar winds breach, um, so I don't want to spend too much time kind of getting into the nuts and bolts. But for people that maybe are listening that that haven't followed it, give us a quick synopsis of, of what happened. So what we know is that basically there's a big, big technology company specializing in cybersecurity, a company called FireEye with a division called Mandiant. And this company basically... Uh, discovered that they had been hacked and they had been hacked in other words uh, it feels like a story of the shoemakers uh, children have no shoes uh, in the sense that the bad guys tried to hack this company and uh, because of this we were able to learn about this hack that had been going on for a long time so basically solar winds are technology products that we use in many large uh, organizations that have complex networks and many computers and systems and servers. And we use these uh, to keep track of how things are working. Well, it turns out that the bad guy, the hackers, discover a way to hack those solar winds products and services that we use to monitor our systems and leveraging those we're able to hack our own systems and our networks. Uh, this is the gist of the technical information about this particular breach. And this was something that uh, we have seen burrowed into multiple government agencies, not to mention Fortune 500 companies. I mean, this really is everywhere, correct? Uh, this is everywhere. The main target has been U.S. companies so far, as well as government agencies. But this has also appeared in other countries like Mexico and Spain, for example. And certainly the, largest, uh, the larger the organization, the more likely it is that they were using a product like this, like the SolarWinds products that were compromised and hence were affected by this. Now, mind you, there are thousands of SolarWinds customers out there. So far, we know of a few hundred that have actually been hacked, even though all of them had an open backdoor that could be used by the bad guys to access their systems. We've only confirmed a few hundred intrusions. It was widely uh, speculated early on that this was most likely the work of Russia. Do we know that for sure? Is it still an open question, or do all signs point to this being a, a Russian situation? Uh, that is an excellent question. So whereas everything, the techniques, the tools, the procedures, uh, the financial uh, strength and the sophistication of the attack, they all point to Russian nation state agents. The truth of the matter is that attribution in the cybersecurity incident world is quite complex. So whereas we're almost certain that it was the Russian nation state actors, uh, we can't tell for sure. We don't have the evidence yet uh, to prosecute in a court of law. At least that, that evidence has not been made public. This was a big story when we first learned about it. It faded from the headlines, I think, more because 
of the fire hose of news that we've been getting uh, as of late. Uh, as someone who studies this, who's someone who's waist deep in this, are you? Is it more concerning what we're learning? Is it a little more benign? Where would you put it on that spectrum? So this is one of the worst hacks ever to hit government agencies. Uh, second to the Office of Personnel Management breach that was performed a few years ago by national state agents from China. Uh, and that was really, really serious because it compromised uh, many government employees as well as candidates for employment with the government and their families. Uh, but this one is tremendously serious because uh, of many things. As you pointed out, uh, the news cycle had more uh, telling news, more interesting news than these that, uh, to some extent, remain quite technical and hard to understand by the general public. Uh, there is also a sense of, say, calm among some of the people who were breached. I work with uh, technology partners in the Philadelphia area who had the SolarWinds products installed. They claimed that because they patched their systems, oh, they're fine. Well, the FBI told us and the experts told us, you're not fine. If you had those products and you used them for the last few years, assume that you had been hacked, assume that you can have been breached, you have to bring experts or conduct a very thorough internal review of your systems to be able to trust those systems. So as usual, uh, companies do not know whether or not they're being hacked, and some of them are being a little bit negligent in engaging outside help to demonstrate that indeed they were not hacked. Is that just corporate arrogance? Uh, no, I think it's a combination of limited resources, time and money for most of the security functions, uh, together with a still misunderstanding of what is the potential, the real potential of this particular attack. Uh, listen, it was just on January 19th that CDNet reported, for example, that uh, according to Symantec, there's another malware strain used in the SolarWinds breach, meaning we've been studying this for weeks, and we just discovered that in addition to some of the malware strains that they used before, like with names like Sunspot and Sunburst and Teardrop, well, it turns out that some of the attack organizations have been attacked with yet another malware called Raindrop. So because we're discovering new things, we still don't know for sure what the extent of the attack is. Also, this attack happens to be at the junction of systems that we keep in our offices, in our data centers, and systems that we keep in the cloud. And as more and more companies move to the cloud or maintain a hybrid situation in which some of the systems are in-house, some of the systems are in the house, that relationship needs to be trusted. And this particular attack really attacked and focused on that connection between in-house systems and cloud systems. So all in all, quite a serious situation, quite a serious attack that continues to develop. My main concern when I heard about this, when I've read about this, is from the government standpoint or the the agencies that were affected there. How much does our response, not even, I shouldn't say our response as in a, a tit for tack, but specifically rooting it out, how much is that going to be uh, hampered by the fact that we're in the midst of a presidential transition and you've got people coming in that are just learning the, the lay of the land and probably from what we've heard about the transition, learning about 
how how much was affected in individual agencies. Um, how much could that hamper from the government standpoint? Well, you ask a, a very good question. So uh, very important for all the government agencies using these solar winds products, they need to conduct outside assessments. To conduct those, a number of things need to happen. First, there's need to be enough resources. And it looks like President Biden has made a public commitment to invest in cybersecurity. Let's hope that part of that investment is precisely to revise all of these systems, make sure they're clean, make sure there are no backdoors that could be exploited uh, in the future, not only by the Russians, if the Russians were the culprits, but also by other parties who may try to use the same avenue of attack. Now, in addition uh, to reviewing all of those companies, well, you need all of those agencies. You need to sign the contracts, which takes time. And then you also need expertise. And believe it or not, we still have the problem of having enough expertise in cybersecurity. There are not a lot of companies with a lot of consultants able to conduct such a thorough review of agency systems to ensure that they don't have those backdoors. This is also very costly. It's a good step and a necessary one, but it's costly. And guess what? In the end, the taxpayers will have to pay for this. Now, what can the the U.S. do in retribution? Well, I'm pretty sure that as they accumulate evidence, one of the things they're going to do, as they've done with hackers in Iran who launch uh, ransomware incidents and attacks on private companies in the U.S., they will try to prosecute the Department of Justice will try to bring those people to justice, although it's very unlikely that they'll ever see the inside of a U.S. courtroom, much less the inside of a U.S. jail. Now, they could also impose, impose economic sanctions based on this, and those could take a number of different possibilities, for example, freezing the accounts of Russian government officials. And then third, and not out of the table, uh, it depends on how the executive reacts to this, but it is possible that the U.S. would launch a counterattack against that nation state, which in the past has involved crippling the hacking abilities of some of those nation state military units. At this point, do we know, or are our main concerns the stealing of information? Is it the altering of records? Is it just destruction of systems? Where is the main concern with what this hack accomplished? Uh, You know, once again, a very pointed question. Chief among the concerns is our ability to trust our systems, to ensure that our systems are still confidential, that if we have information about taxpayers or information about property records or about health information for veterans, that all of that information is kept confidential and private. And if there are backdoors, this is not going to happen. So trusting your technology systems is very important. It's important not only to trust the confidentiality of the system, but also the integrity. We just want to make sure that people from another country are not modifying the rosters of veterans, for example, creating wreaking havoc into our veteran health system. And then uh, finally, the last one is what is it that they can do with that information? When you have information like that, large amounts of information, you can use it to launch future uh, spamware attacks, future ransomware attacks. You could use this to leverage social networks in order to spread misinformation and sow distrust in the government or government agencies. And finally, you could also take this information and sell it on the dark web to criminals who may try to exploit it economically. So as you can see, both our our trust, our identities, and uh, sometimes our economic well-being are at risk here. To that point, 
how long is it going to take to understand the the full scope of this? I'm going to say that the full technical understanding will be over uh, 99% over in a matter of three months, possibly. Once more and more researchers have had a chance to look at every simple line of code, every website that was used to corrupt the chain of trust for the software upgrades for SolarWinds and everything else, as well as even some other investigations that are done by law enforcement agencies, could be financial transactions, uh, could be uh, cover ops in um, dark web forums or also among the military uh, circles or national state hacking circles. So I would say three months to know uh, this. How long will it take the agencies and the organizations to conduct those audits? Uh, Most of them should conduct the audits within the next six months. A few of them will never do it and will never know whether they have a backdoor and will end up paying the price for that. How do we, I don't want to say how do we stop this, because I think this is something we're never going to to stop. But on this massive scale, is this something we have to look at from a global perspective and get nation states on the same page? And I don't know, some sort of cyber United Nations, and I'm not trying to sound trite here, but something that where we can prevent these large-scale attacks just because everybody's on the same page of, of of not doing it and the ramifications and the penalties that would happen if it's if it's proven to be you? You know, certainly this is one approach that has been advocated before. We tried this with conventional warfare, uh, you know, engaging in the rules of war in most of the theaters, uh, you know, air, sea, Mm, land, space, and we need the same for cyberspace. And right now the rules are not written, so everything goes. And this is really bad for the economic well-being of nations, as well as some other repercussions that could affect us once we go into uh, even life support systems or critical infrastructure systems. So certainly some sort of national agreement not to do this among uh, nation states would be a great step forward. And keep in mind that there are small nation states who have very, very uh, advanced uh, cybersecurity and hacking infrastructures able to really attack much larger opponents, which is not the case when it comes to conventional warfare. Now, the other part that is very important, important here is we need to strengthen the security of all the commercial products that we use. So here it was SolarWinds, the target. But there are many other companies that run critical pieces of software that we all use in our enterprises, and we need to make sure that those things can be trusted. So that chain of trust for the delivery of software, for the upgrade of software and hardware, needs to be much stronger and much more solid than it is today. And then, I'm going to be honest, finally, one thing that we need to figure out better is, of course, The cloud is a great invention, and we're very much in favor of that. But that fulcrum between on-site operations and cloud operations, between users and cloud, needs to be much better improved. That has to have rock-solid security so we can trust those systems completely. Is rock-solid security possible on this level, on this scale? You know, I think it is, but keep in mind that even the strongest rock can be uh, broken with a diamond or some other really powerful tool. Uh, But certainly we need much better security than what we have now. In our interest to uh, produce new systems, innovate, 
capture market. Uh, you know, oftentimes still companies lag behind the security of their products. And we need to bring those two at the same level so that innovation comes hand in hand with security. And I think there are, this will be a good lesson for many companies. The economic damage to solar winds is certainly uh, huge. And many other companies that produce similar products or products in our infrastructure are going to pay attention and figure out if this were to happen to other well-known companies like Cisco or Palo Alto or Symantec or uh, Microsoft, then it would be serious and it would have a huge economic impact. So I would expect all of these companies to strengthen their chain of trust. We've touched on a lot of aspects here. As someone who studies this, as someone who follows this, from what we know about this solar winds hack, what is the thing that concerns you the most? I think once again is that uh, chain of trust. Uh, in the past, we put our trust as much as possible in these companies that we do business with. As I mentioned before, Oracle, IBM, Microsoft, and many others. If you cannot trust these companies because they've been hacked, because somebody has eroded their chain of trust, then who can you trust? And we live in an interconnected society. So, for example, one of the things that I have to do with these SolarWinds hack, well, I look at my systems. We were not exposed by this particular incident. We were lucky, to be honest. Could have been, but we weren't. It turns out that many of the business that I do business with in the Philadelphia area national were using these SolarWind products. So now I had to work with all of them to make sure that they are clear in the clear that we can continue to do business with them and that doing business with them will not expose our systems, our people, our identity, our information to the bad guys. And my final question, we talked about uh, the, the concept that at this point, you know, it has a lot of signs of Russia. Would you expect some sort of U.S. response in kind? Is the response, and you talked about sanctions and all that, but purely from the cyber standpoint, would you expect us to do something in kind once maybe there's more uh, evidence and it's clear cut who the who the culprit was? You know, I would. I, I think that U.S. Cyber Command has the capability once we identify uh, the people and they have the ability, for example, to cripple their hacking infrastructure. And it is something that has been done in the past in response to Russian attacks by something that could be done again. Now, that's it, because we've done it before. They have proven to us that they can always rebuild that infrastructure, which is most likely what will happen after this. But certainly an attack of this magnitude, once the uh, uh, authorship is proven beyond a reasonable doubt, cannot be left unanswered, because otherwise it's an invitation to other nation states to continue to attack in the same way. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.